This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And I'm feeling nautical because I've been down the river this weekend. I had an absolutely teething tremendous time in the sun by the river. It was a a beautiful area. It was was very posh. I had some gin and tonics. I had some cocktails. And I, I I just sat by the river. And all of a sudden I was cheering and laughing and joking and jumping around and I just couldn't believe it, it was brilliant and I can't remember why exactly, so what I thought I'd do is I'll come here to Victoria to the jugged hair I used to call it the jugged hair but you used to always pick me up on that, it's the jugged hair apparently, wicked pub just down from Victoria Station, just up from Vauxhall Station, in between if you're in the area come here they'll take very very good care of you and I'm in the jugged hair and I'm trying to remember the jugged hair there why I was having such a good time by the river on Saturday, and I just cannot remember. So I'm sitting here with my friends at the Jugged. We've been talking about it for about half an hour, but no one can remember. But I'm going to pass you over to my buddies here because they might be talking. Mr. Dave Lane, how are you? Very good, very good indeed. Um, in the in the Jugged Jugged hair, um, I don't, yeah, it's quite quite not too far away from the river here, is it? It's um, we're about half mile. About, about five minutes walk from the river, yeah. Five minutes walk, yeah. And then if you turn right on the river, you head towards um, downstream towards Putney upstream. and Fulham. Yeah, but up there where activity happens. Activity happened at the weekend. We, we still can't work it out, but maybe we might get prompted in a little bit, which is all good. We have somebody who's not been on the podcast all season so far. We've been asking her, we've been begging her, but she said, "I've had no interest in talking to you guys until." I could start smiling by the river. So we thought we'd come to the jugged hair, which is very near to the river. And now she's smiling again. The amazing Gem. Gemma. Hello. What a lovely, lovely day. And what a lovely weekend. Wasn't it nice? It was and it was lovely indeed, but we can't exactly work out why. But we might be able to work it out a little bit later. We've got somebody who's come down on this combined harvester, parked it outside, he's got a parking ticket, but he doesn't care because he's got a big smile on his face. The Liberal Nick. How are you doing, the Liberal? 
I'm good, I'm good. I'm here to see what jugged hair is like in the in London because, of course, in the sticks we eat jugged hair every night. So I want to see what it's like in London now. Well, well, just have a bit of jugged hair and report back to us as well. And in the corner as well is Miss Bella Boo, who's just sitting down here and she's she's just observing the, the besotted Pride of West London podcast. You're going to say hello, quickly? Hello. <laughs> Made her podcast debut, the Bella Boo. She comes down to all the bees games, but, you know, as they say... She might, we might get her on the podcast maybe the next season. But we're, you know, as we say, diversity. We're trying to make sure that we diversify this podcast and make sure it is all good. Eleni, sorry. Yeah, no. So if you, um, I've realised if you put if you type the word jugs into YouTube. No, anyway, as we move on from this, actually, um, tell you something as well. I'm going to say because I've got to bring this up as well. What else? You, I mean, what else you've been up to? You've been, I've been smiling. You've been smiling. Everyone's been smiling here. But I saw a little interest. Well, 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 I've been, I've been semi smiling. Uh, we'll get on to why, we'll get on to why in, you didn't have a full smile in in a minute as well. And uh, I have to say as well, I'm just taking it away from football as well. You know, you say what are we doing over the week? Yesterday, watching a very very interesting documentary, Stephen Lawrence documentary. And if you haven't seen it, you, I'll tell you something. Any one of you go out there see it. Go down to onto iPlayer and download it and check it out. Um, the reason why it's based the height of my era, height of my youth era. I was very much involved in that whole era. My mate Mac Bickley who was actually Stephen Lawrence's cousin, was on there and he spoke very much about um, the whole, what went, went on in those days. But I'm just saying to you, if you want a bit of education and you want to know what's going down, just watch that documentary. It hasn't got anything to do with football as such, but at the end of the day, we don't necessarily always talk about football. We just tell people to just maybe just go and just kind of educate yourself and have a little bit of the world. But anyway, we shall move on because we are educating ourselves on exactly what happened at the weekend, which made us smile so much because we cannot work out what that is about. But I'll tell you what we'll do. If we go back to the pub after the game where the Brentford fans and the Fulham fans were talking will we find out? and singing, we might be able to find out exactly what happened on Saturday afternoon. That's what you get for time-wasting. I think we didn't play particularly well in the second half, but I think the change, bringing on Neil, what a decision that was. It was amazing. My voice was gone. This is probably the most celebrated goal I've ever seen. Word for you out there, next time you celebrate a last-minute goal, play away your cameras, just enjoy the moment and savour it. You reds, you reds, you reds, listen. Oh, I, words can't, actually, I can't even figure any words to describe today. Right. Neil Malpai, I absolutely love you. Um, Malpai yeah. in the last minute? Oh, Malpai in the last minute, it's brilliant. <laughs> no, yeah, it was unbelievable and nothing more than we deserved. I'm not being funny. They've got Arnold from different strikes messing about with the ball for five minutes every time it goes out a play Bettinelli's taking an hour and a half to take a free kick every time they've wasted time one of their players faints for no reason in injury time to try and burn that clock they got exactly what they deserved he's had a really tough season you know he's coming as a young lad he's had to adapt and he's done brilliantly you know he's had his career but he's done brilliantly this season I've got a lot of respect for Fulham I thought they played really well well I don't mean they played well but they kept themselves in the game and perhaps Brentford of this season have played well and lost games whereas they didn't play well and didn't lose so that's the difference between us and them I think but Mitrovic gets the ball boom boom bang in the back of the net and it was almost like there's the difference I go fair enough he's on 60 grand a week Fulham are paying 30 grand of it we, we can't go anywhere near that so what do we yeah, how do we compete how do we compete well we don't but we managed to do it so you know on paper we shouldn't but we managed to we managed to stay in there so so they should be embarrassed yeah they should have beaten us today and they didn't they didn't even look like being us their support was awful and their performance was awful 
they got a point. That's probably good enough for them. But still, you know, Big Brentford did the job. So happy days. Brilliant first half. I thought we were excellent in the first half. Second half, Fulham came at us a bit more. I think they controlled the game a bit more. But we hung in there. We hung in there. They scored a very good goal. But, you know, with this side, it's, we know the, where the quality is and they never give up. And they kept, they kept going. All we needed was one chance. There were only two chances in that second half and both were goals. And, uh, you know, credit to Morpay. I think, I think that's his role, coming in off the bench 20 minutes to go. It's confusing people. I just scare the shit out of them. He runs the players. He's strong, he's, he's powerful, he's pacey. He gets in people's faces and that's what you want from a substitute. So, you know, credit, credit to him. Credit to him for, you know, sticking with it. And another goal. Uh, from a, 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 I can't speak for Fulham, but from their point of view, they won't want to go through the playoffs because, as, as we know, it's a lottery. Um, having said that, from, from our point of view, we did play extremely well. Uh, we passed the ball. Our uh, passing the movement was, was first class. And I have to say, Woodsy, well, I think, um, you know, if Tom Carney is the best in the championship, well, Woodsy really, really today, I think, I think he made his match in Kidney. They had a couple of players playing at the back that looked very, very nervous. And um, I think the first 15, 20 minutes, they were extremely nervous. And Fulham were a little bit lucky not to go one deal down. I, I think um, at Brentford, we kind of surprised them because... You know, not a lot of teams have given us credit this season, um, and, and, and the media, because we're only we're only ninth or tenth, and we're, we I think personally we should be a lot higher than what we are. But I I, I, I stand by my comment that the league table doesn't fly. But having said that, Brentford's pressing game when Fulham had the ball was fantastic, and that, it was very very good. When, when the Fulham goalkeeper had a goal kick, you could see that he want, the Fulham would have passed the ball out the back. And a couple of times in the second half, he just couldn't, you know, because our pressing was so, so good. So they full of had to go long. Give credit, I'm going to give credit to Dean Smith here. At the start, I think we were all looking at what team he was going to put out and uh, to drop Egan and put Mepham in there and then for Egan to come off the bench um, and the midfield three, Watkins up front. I think he got it absolutely bang on right. First half, first half we controlled the game. They got back into the second half, but full credit to Dean Smith, full credit to everyone in place. I think Sergi hasn't had a great season. I think he had a really good hour that he was on there. Uh, Flo Joe, quality. Just, Set up the goal? Yeah, one, you know, the guy you won't expect to get up there and yeah. win ahead, I wins it. And uh, more by the guy who's people have, have written off as, as the one that knocks it in again. But that's 14, is it, for the season for more by? The only thing. Probably the thing that kind of uh, with more play is, is the midfield haven't backed him up. Andre Gray had Pritchard, had Hotter, had Douglas, all scoring a goal, a dozen goals alongside him. More play has not that, so we're all looking at more play to get the goals. So when he doesn't get that 15, 16, or whatever, you think, oh, yeah, he's having a poor season. But he hasn't had a poor season. He's coming off the bench, he's doing well. He's 21 years of age, he's like 21. Don't write that kid off because next year he comes back better. The same as McCondes will do, the same as Ogbeni, they'll all come back better for, you know, for another solid season. So, three games to go, all to play for, haven't we? It was not a good result for the Blue. In the, in the circumstances we're in, it's win at all costs. And, okay. I haven't seen the highlights. You've, you've seen the highlights. I haven't. It seems like 
that there was a goal for Brentford in the first half that was apparently onside. From what I saw of it, the Fulham players stopped playing. Was they were scared. Give it a rest, Billy. <laughs> because the goal was because it was given offside. The Fulham players stopped playing. Would Marcus Bernelli have saved if it was still in play? I reckon so. It wasn't that dangerous opportunity. Handball, I can't speak. I haven't seen it. It sounds like it was a handball and fair play. He should have been given a penalty. We're saying, we ain't moaned about that because these things happen. I, I wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking, brilliant. We've nicked a victory out of this. And, and had this finished 1-0, which it very well could have. Of course it could have been. I would have been sitting here to you again. Maybe you wouldn't have entered the pub. I don't know. I would have come. We're not lose. We are because we've been we've been Brentford and we always I don't, never do I, I would have come here and said, "Hard luck." I would say we didn't play that well. We didn't really deserve to win, and we you, you you did exactly what QPR did as well. You you stopped us playing our game. You disrupted our flow. Pressed us high at the pitch, especially in that second half where we tend to tear teams apart. And when even when you went one 0 down, you didn't fall apart. Neil Malpay pops up, and the song has returned, just with a new name. Malpay in the last minute. You must be gutted because it's it's going to haunt you forever, surely. Well, it's not going to haunt us forever, Billy, because next season, as you well know, Fulham are going to be in the Premier League, and Brentford will be in the Championship. Brilliant! This is what I wanted. I've got it out of you. (laughs) And you won't have the chance to sing it. And by the time this fixture comes around again, could it be another 20, 25 years like it was last time? We might have gone to be on European heavyweights like we did last time. So, fortunately, you'll probably have forgotten about today by the time the next meeting comes around. I've loved our last four seasons. We've had a great time meeting meeting Brentford and meeting all your boys but this meeting unless barring an FA Cup draw isn't going to happen again so I'm listening to the fans in the pub in that late afternoon game uh, no, it's the evening. it isn't it's late afternoon it's the, no, no, no no it's, 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 it's early evening I mean, to me, if it's a 5.30 kickoff, surely it's late afternoon. It is, because it's after you've had your cucumber sandwiches and your cup of tea, and it's before you have your gin and tonic, so therefore it's late afternoon. There's absolutely no way it's afternoon, it's evening all day long. And not all day long, all <laughs> evening long. <laughs> so, so, so the question is that if, uh, okay, it's, it's light when you come out, but if, if, if it was a, uh, in December... And then it, it was basically dark when you went into that match. Does it make it late afternoon or evening? My, my, my argument still stands. It is late afternoon because you, if it were December, you'd have had your cake, your fruit cake, and your cup and of eating tea. It, and eating it too. And eating it too before going to the late afternoon kickoff. Jim might have a view on this. I just haven't got past the bit when you tell me I can't have a gin and tonic before half past five. Are you kidding me? Look, it's a, it's a bloody evening. Oh, okay, so listen, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Evening, afternoon, uh, to be quite honest with you, Fulham are probably hoping. Fulham are probably hoping it was next week, and it hasn't actually happened at all because for them, it didn't work out for them the way that they wanted it to. It was a later kickoff. Let's just say it was a later kickoff than possible. So the thing about it for that game, which is wicked for us, Brentford hands had plenty of time to get absolutely potty for it. We were absolutely potty for this game. And the thing is, it makes me laugh. Fulham keeps saying it's our cup final. 
and we actually turned it into a bit of a joke. Said, oh, well, if they say it's our cup final, we might as well make it our cup final and say it's our cup final. To be quite honest, we didn't really care because, you know, it's all really about them. They needed to beat us. So whose cup final was it really? But they couldn't admit it was their cup final. But we were absolutely potty for it during the day, just building ourselves up. And when we got into that ground, there was a fair amount of rabidness going on with the Brentford fans. We didn't bring as many as we should have done because the price was £35. So a lot of people stayed at home and they were laughing and people were laughing at us. But it didn't matter because it's about quality, not quantity. It's, it couldn't have been their cup final. It's a, it's a fact. Fulham always lose in the cup final. 1971, they lost against West Ham. Europa League, they lost. 1975 was West Ham, actually. That's the one, yeah. Um, that's the one, yeah. That was the, no, it was the late afternoon. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, that cup final, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah. Um, so, the one with the yeah. white horse at White City, was it? That's the one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it couldn't have been their cup final because they would have lost it. They, they drew, they thought they'd won it. Um, there was lots of gesticulating, there was lots of badge kissing, lots of time wasting going on. But it's funny you should say that, and we've got to mention this as well because the time wasting. We put a little tweet out because in the I didn't notice it, but somebody obviously saw it in the TV. And if anybody has got this video, please, please send it to me. In the 94th plus third minute, I think it was, the ball went to a Fulham fan who. What happened? Because you saw it, didn't you? Yeah, well, no, I, I didn't see that. I was, I was about to say the, the Metrovic falling down, like fainting bit. Okay, well, he Metrovic fainted, but a Fulham fan apparently held on to the ball for ages, and then when he came back, he sort of kind of threw it back at the crowd, and he thought he wasted lots of time. Then he high-fived all his mates up, the, up, up, up in the stand, and it was on TV, apparently. Now, apparently, this character... I didn't know this, but I've known from this my mate. I've known from for 15 years, and he texted me. He said, "By the way, Bill, did you see the person who sort of held the ball and then he passed it to you in the very end, just before the goal?" That was me. And I thought, "I can't believe we've just tweeted about you, and you have texted me." And you, he didn't know because he's not on Twitter, so he didn't know about it. So, Paul Hatcher, if we find that video, we're going to make sure that it's distributed well and truly because you embarrass yourself. My dad's got it on. Uh, I, I need to just immediately get in contact with him to make sure he's not deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul Hatcher if you're listening to this podcast which you might not be because you're too embarrassed um, which is all good but listen there's lots and lots of time wasting going on Liberal Nick we're going to talk about that goal because it was an absolutely teething trip and the, that moment when that ball went in was absolutely fantastic wasn't it it must have been brilliant no 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 no, no. Liberal Nick when that ball went in how did you feel I felt ecstatic because what I was doing was I'd caught, managed to catch a train that was going to get me home before 7.30 on Saturday morning. It was a real... I left... So Sorry, I, so can you explain? So you, you, you felt ecstatic because you got a train? I, I left... I'll, I'll admit it now. I left on the 90th minute. 90 minutes were up. Didn't look like we were going to get results. I thought, never mind. Okay, I had to leave on the 90th minute. Otherwise, I wouldn't have caught my train back to the West Country because my combine had broken down on Saturday, which was a problem. So, there I am, running towards East Putney Station, passing some middle-class bloke with his young son, five, six-year-old son. Didn't you pass a middle... It was a mirror shop that you walked past, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't have a five- or six-year-old son, or at least not to my knowledge. Um, and the, uh, the, the father was saying to the son, oh, brilliant, we've beaten Brentford. We've beaten Brentford. And suddenly, as, you're ru- as I'm walking fast, I hear this roar sort of emanating from the, from the, the, the end of the ground, sweeping over Bush- Bishop's Park, f- 
d- coming down the Thames like a tidal wave. And I looked and I looked at my Twitter feed and I'd just seen that Besotted had gone absolutely potty for it. And there I was. I was desperate. I thought, do I risk it? Do I, do I turn back? Do I run back? But I thought, knew I'd missed the goal. But I just was, you know, I was absolutely gutted. And I spent the rest of the time on the journey between here and the West Country refreshing my Twitter feed just in the hope that I'd see that goal and then actually it came up about probably when I was past Slough it just the goal came up and I was able to see Malpe heading that goal in and you know I did a little jig myself down the Great Western Railway train you know all these all these people couldn't understand why I was shouting and screaming falling down the aisle jumping up and down the seats bashing into people because I was just trying to replicate what you guys had enjoyed in that 94th minute so typical football fans on the train there you go again upsetting the people and all that kind of stuff had too much to drink falling all over the place see it doesn't really matter what class you may come from you football fans you're all the same aren't you Laney I, I, I actually think I'm not actually going to beat Liberal up on this is that um, I think you would have shared that euphoric feeling no matter whether you were in Craven Cottage or whether you were in the West Indies or where, wherever it was in the world I think that we'd kind of although we played well and we deserved not to lose the game I think we'd all kind of resigned ourselves in, in, a little bit to the you know oh, we've, we've lost the match but you know technically you know Fulham, Fulham although they're going to give it to us big time we we really didn't deserve to, to, to get to get done. But to see you know, that more pay header, watching him waiting, Joseph soon heading it across the goal. It wasn't a perfect header across the goal. He had to re, he had to kind of reset himself. Then he headed it as he, could, he he got as much power into it as he could. Where McCammon would have headed it over the bar, um, he had, he got it he got it spot on. It, it wasn't as much power in it as he probably would have wanted, and there was a there was a second where I thought that Ben Ben Bettinelli was gonna gonna get his hand to it, but all he could do was push it up into the roof of the net, and it was it was just the most beautiful beautiful thing. And I, I didn't see it coming. We really didn't create that much, not really. And to get a goal-scoring chance right at the death was like it was just beyond their wildest dreams. And yeah, I guess it was our cup final. Of course it is. You know, you can't you can't let Fulham march march up to the Prem. Um, they they think that they are the you know the, the best footballing team in this division. We 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 actually put the record straight. We are a better footballing team than them, but we had an awful start to the season. And, and, as, and as you heard, the, the Fulhamish boys, who you heard them on the little package that we heard a bit earlier when we had the guys from the pub and the Fulhamish boys who were talking about us and they couldn't help it in the end. They snapped and then they said how they were going to be in the Premier League next season. And, and you can see, finally, we got this sort of kind of, we got, we, got, we got the beef. We got the beef out of them. They're trying to hold the beef back, saying, Brentford, we don't really care about them. But really, I think that last-minute goal is the one that snapped it for them. And the thing is that the chances are, and I looked at it, obviously they're one point of Cardiff, but also Cardiff got a game in hand. So I think it's two more, two points of Cardiff got a game in hand. They need to basically win all their games and Cardiff need to, to mess up. And if not, they're in the playoffs. But if in the playoffs, it's a lottery. And then the lottery happens and they lose again. They're going to most likely play us again next season. And it's the last thing they want. It's absolutely the last thing. Jim, your vibe, when you saw that goal go in how did you feel I was 
Well, it was funny because I had been convinced, absolutely convinced for the whole week that we were going to get completely hammered. I was not feeling very happy. I was not feeling very, you know, optimistic. Very much like I would do before us being in a cup final. I was completely convinced we were going to lose. And, you know, all through the first half, no, 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 we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And it's the hope that gets you in it always. And it all went a bit flat, didn't it? Second half, it all goes a bit flat. You think, okay, it's not going to happen, but, you know... At least we didn't get completely destroyed, which is what I was thinking. And then there it was. And it's a lovely... I love a header. I love a header anyway. And I like, I quite like Molpe. I know not everybody does. And for me, it was just... Oh, I was just screaming and running around and texting people and trying to phone people and all sorts of nonsense. And it was just... I don't know, half relief, half... Yeah, stick it to them. And I d- yeah, no, it's fantastic. The thing I don't understand, though, is if we played our cup final... Last weekend, how are we playing in QPR's cup final this weekend? I'm confused. Well, I think cup finals get shared. They get shared around, you see, and basically it's a West London cup final sharing thing and uh, maybe Fulham's cup final is on Friday against Millwall. I've got no idea you know what I'm saying, but they'll make it up as they go along. I've, I've, I've actually got to say that um, Mark Fuller's yeah. photograph that he took oh, of... Uh, you, you've, got, you've got more pay with his hand to his ear listening to the Brentford fans go crazy... You've got um, you've got Ryan Woods. Literally, I don't know. It looks like he's about to explode. And then you've got like Joseph Zoom, who's kind of pole dancing. It, it is a brilliant picture. So Mark Fuller, I don't think you. And where can they see this video, this picture? On, on the official Brentford pics, and then um, it's on it's on the Besotted site. But then, but in the background, you've got you've got two Fulham players that they literally they kind of they look like. They look like the Brentford players when we when Trotter hit the crossbar. They look like they've literally had the, the you know the heart ripped out of them. Serious point for a second, actually. If if I mean, and you you know we we can revisit this later, but I don't think we are going to get into the playoffs. But if if we do get into the playoffs, it is very likely, looking at the league table, that the team we would come get come across is Fulham. And actually, you know, our record against Fulham over the over the past years is so good that they would go into that really, really scared. And a double double match against Fulham. We had a poll. We 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 ran a poll in the just after the game. It was like six hundred, seven hundred votes. And the question was, if we do meet Fulham in the playoffs, do you want to meet them? home and away over two legs or a one-off winner-takes-all at Wembley and that winner-takes-off at Wembley won it but you know I, I take them personally I, I take them home and away because I don't think they want to I don't think they would want to play us um, over two legs because we've, we've done them you know let's, let's be honest with you we've done them 4-2 four, four over the two games I think as well to be honest although I would really really not ever want to play Fulham in the playoffs but in terms of just if we're likely to win the game or not win the game, I think we're much, much better off playing Fulham than Cardiff. I mean, I can't see us beating Cardiff at all. But Fulham, yeah, OK, we've got a chance. Because they, they play their football the way they play it. We can sometimes play it better than them, sometimes. And they'll stick to it and they'll let us do that. Cardiff ain't going to do that. So, we, yeah, for sure we'd have a better chance with them. Than, but please, no, please, no. I mean, what I'll say about that match, I mean, I saw that match. In the first half, I thought we were really very, very good. But also, on the other hand, I said that, you know, I thought that Fulham were scared. Fulham looked really scared of Brentford and Brentford took it to them and they didn't give them any opportunity. They, 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 
They come down, they pressed them really hard, and Fulham looked like rabbit in the headlights um, to a lot. And I thought that they they were very, very happy to go in nil, nil all. And at the time we said, you know, the support was wicked. We were singing all the way through. Brentford all on top of them. And we were going, a bit gutted to go in at nil all at half-time because now what's going to happen is Fulham are going to change their tactics and because they're going to say, this isn't working, we need to do this. And, you know, the, game, the second half came out a bit different. To be fair, they did get, I wouldn't say a fortunate goal, but they got a very good opportunist goal. And he took it. No, 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 he took, I'm going to say this at the end of the day. The ball came across, he hit it first time, round the defender went in, okay? It was a very, very well-taken goal, but at any other time, that goal could have gone anywhere. It could have hit the defender, it could have gone wide, it could have gone over. He's taken it very, very well. One opportunity, one shot, one goal. But other than that, in their half, yes, they, they, they took the game up a bit, but they didn't blow us out of the water. And I thought, OK, fair enough. But then what's happened is in the last 10 minutes or so, we actually did come back into that game. And they started to look scared again. And I'm thinking to myself, the fact that we keep scaring Fulham is a very, very good thing. And also, like, we were playing well, but some of our players weren't on their full A game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, Nico Yanaris was all right, but he gave the ball away, got up. You know what I'm saying? So they were doing quite well. But, it's, you know, so all I'm saying to you is that Fulham, I keep saying this, they don't want to play us at no, all they, they don't want to play us QPR don't want to play us you know you've got to look at the records yeah we've, we've lost one game to Fulham we've either drawn or won the rest of them um, same with QPR we've, we've, we've lost one game to QPR in that horrible 3-0 defeat at Loftus Road we've won or drawn the rest of them our record against these West London rivals is amazing and you know it may not carry on um, forever but if, if, if we play our football it's very, it's very difficult for anyone else to kind of compete with us, and, that, and that's not sort of like being ridiculously overblowing our, our, you know, our, our strengths. It's just a fact, you know. When, since, apart from those first half a dozen, eight, eight, nine games, we've been consistently great all season. Results don't always go our way, but since Harley Dean left, they, they, we, you know, our defence looks solid now. As you know, Bill, I made a special request to come on this week because I actually want to enter into confession time as well. Um, at the beginning of this season, I was on the podcast and I queried uh, whether Dean Smith was the right manager to motivate players. I thought that he occasionally stood on the touchline with his hands in his pockets, not really saying much, not really encouraging, not really... Geeing up the players into into um, putting on a on a performance, I, I now admit I was wrong because you look at the reaction when we scored that goal in injury time. Dean Smith, absolutely going potty for it. You know, I thought he was probably as potty as anybody on the terraces for that goal. And Bob the Kitman as well, yeah. Uh, Bob, yeah. But you, you almost expect that, Bob, because Bob, Bob, Bob the Kitman celebrates goals quite a lot. I have never, ever seen Dean Smith celebrate a goal like that. And um, Mr Smith, if you're listening, I apologise. I take back what I said in October, November of last year. And, you know, well done, sir. You demonstrated exactly why and what a manager should do when you get that last-minute equaliser against Fulham. 
you don't often hear a liberal say sorry. You don't, well, uh, normally he's sitting on the fence thinking, I'm not sure if I'm sorry. Or maybe I am sorry, maybe I'm not. I've got no idea if I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. So listen, and, and so apparently Brentford are now 9% chance of reaching the playoffs, from what I can understand from the stats posse in the house. And, uh, and also the, the feeling is, even though we aren't quite there, because obviously Millwall are there and Borough and everything like that, there are um, Brentford technically should be. And they can be in that posse uh, uh, very, very, very suitably in the top six alongside Sheffield United. Um, just the way that they're playing, what they're doing as well. I think Fulham, the other team, I think Fulham, B- Villa and Brentford. I think those are the four teams that they're saying are the teams that should be in the top six other than Cardiff and uh, and, and, and Wolverhampton Wanderers who are out there and they are doing very well. I think the four teams are. I'll, I'll probably check with that at the back end of the podcast just to make sure my facts are right, which is quite interesting. Obviously, that is not the case because you get the points and if you don't score the goals and you're not in the right positions... What points make? Prizes! Well, points make prizes if you get the points. But anyway, but listen, this is, this is all good. So we've <laughs> talked to... Particularly if, particularly if you have dodgy agents as well. Uh, that's right. But anyway, look, we talked about Fulham enough. We're going to talk about other things in and around Griffin Park, in and around the Championship. Maybe we should go back to the, uh, the, well, let's go back to the village, shall we? The village? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get the bus to the village. Let's get to the bus to the village. Uh, the Football Village News. The fun bus to the village to get the Football Village News. And we will talk about all sorts of villagey news. We're going to bring you the Football Village News. We want to know what's going on around Griffin Park, about Griffin Park, all around the championship, all around the football league, all sorts of news. Because football is a village, apparently, but we have the news. And I was thinking about this Fulham game and about the playoffs and the fact that, to be quite honest with you, we weren't actually expected to get the playoffs, really. But we're still within spitting distance, but no one expects us to. I mean, I was listening to uh, the Total Football League podcast today and they're going, oh, Brentford, they're OK, but, you know, they're still a little bit out there. They ain't going to really make it. It's all about, you know, your Millwalls and your derbies and all that, which I think is fine. Absolutely no pressure. But if we actually got to the playoff semi-final out of the blue and then we got to the playoff final out of the blue and then we miraculously, which will be completely miraculous because the odds are probably about half a percent, got out of this leave, it'll be another great escape, wouldn't it? And the fact is that Martin Allen is actually doing our um, end of season bees up. Friday, May the 4th, and I want to let you know it's sold out. Absolutely sold out. We knew it's going to happen. It's going to sold out. Characters are absolutely potty for it. He's absolutely potty for it. And it's going to be a brilliant, brilliant night. We've been working quite hard over the past couple of Listen to these lot here. They can't even do a great escape whistle in the background. But, you know, there's all sorts of out of tunedness going on. They, their lips are formed, but they can't even whistle. This is. We tried to set this up for a really good feature and they can't even whistle the great <laughs> escape. Uh, oh, there you go, there you go. He's, he's, got, he's gone all England on me, hasn't he? <laughs> but anyway, but listen, but there we go. Martin Allen, like I said to you, it's all sold out. We've got posters. We've got some wicked great escape posters out there as well. We've got I Love Griffin Park t-shirts coming out as well, so you check that out. We've got, some, we've got loads of prints, prints that people have never seen before as well. And we've got some special beer pumps um, tell you what, you'll we'll see them on the night as well. Laney, it's going to be a very, very good night, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I can't wait. Uh, May the 4th be with you. And uh, no, no, it's going, to be, it's going to be a fine night. And 
yeah, I, I honestly, the, the comedians, I, I've said it on the last week's podcast, when, by the time it gets to quarter to 12, when the second one comes on, it's going to be the funniest thing you've ever seen. Midnight. <laughs> quarter to 12, mid, quarter to midnight, yeah. Um, and now, Martin Allen, I know that he's pumped up for this. I know he's got a big game tomorrow, uh, the next day with his, his Barnet team. Which could be the great escape again. So it could be all full of great escapes, couldn't uh, it? There's, there's lots of... There's lots of... Lots of, lots of escapology. Lots of stars aligning, yeah. So, uh, yeah... Unfortunately, if you haven't got a ticket, you've missed the boat. Well, I'm saying that. Get yourself on the wait list because we're totting up because we've, you know, there's people that said they could be there, but at the last minute they may be pulling out or also just totting up a few of our guests. And if they don't do, a few places have already come up already, so we've had a couple of people come in. If you go onto the website, besotted.com, and see the waving hand, you'll see it's sold out. But actually, just just put in there. There's a field which says apply it for the wait list, and you will get your name on there. That'll be all good. Are you going, Bill? I'm not going actually. No, I'm not going either. No, I'm not going. Boycotting it. No, I'm going to boycott as well actually because it's too expensive. Okay. So, 35 quid. It's not 35 pound actually. It's all 30s. 30s, nice. 60, 60 quid. You do get. You do, to be fair, you do get. You do get food, free food. You get drink involved. You got comedians. You got a comedian. You got a comedy act. A, 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 a comedy act. What's it? A, a, a variety comedy act as well. You got Martin. Yeah, you got Martin Allen. You got DJ. As well, so you've got all sorts of stuff going on as well, and you've got some XBs coming down as well. We've got, I'm not going to mention their names as well, but we expect a few XBs to come down. They've been booked to the hotel, so it's going to be a bit of a raucous night yet again. So it's going to be it's all like, good. It's actually like a proper unofficial night. It's like ex Brentford players, there's comedians, there's free beer, food, silliness. It's, it's, oh, I'm going. So am I. I'm going. But I've not got a ticket. Chance to meet me. Okay, well, I'll, I'll see if I can get one on, get one a towel on the door. But anyway, listen, we'll move on. There's been nothing like the football village news because the football village news we've always got to talk about. This is one person we've got to talk about. This is Birmingham City and Harley Dean, and he's back again. And in the football village news as well, as we said, as we said, it's like football village news. Harley Dean. I'm just going to ask you though, guys. I mean, we were talking about Fulham a bit earlier. To myself, I'm asking you, what do you think was better? That Malpace equaliser against Fulham, one all where there was a lot of laughing but singing and shouting and cheering, or the the whole five nil game when we beat Birmingham this season, Laney? Both. Um, Can't I, have both. Okay, uh, five nil. Uh, I, I take that. It, it was like a pant- It was like watching a um, Les Dawson pantomime. It was it was genius. It was like laugh after laugh after laugh. Um, but Les Dawson isn't funny though. Is he not? No. Well, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> All right, OK. Let me just take that back a bit. He, he, he wasn't funny. Well, I found... Well, Arthur Askey, then. Okay. I, I found them both buzz, buzz, quite buzz, amusing. Buzz, buzz, See, this is... So these, these, were the, these were the pattern of mimes that I was taking to as a child. But, um, no, no, both, both are gifts that will never, ever stop giving. And the fact that Liberal Nick missed the goal <laughs> and the 5-0 game... Was, is, is, is like, I, if I die tomorrow, I'd, I'd die happy knowing that he missed them both. Lejeva, <laughs> what do you reckon? Well, I mean, the Fulham is better, but the thing with the Birmingham, I mean, I what was it? I just laughed pretty much the whole way through the game. And I can't think of another game where I've just laughed all the way through the game. Didn't really stop didn't stop singing mostly laughing only stopped singing to laugh and laughing to sing and that was 
just I was just I was just fantastic. He was naughty, but it was brilliant. But yeah, Fulham's proper in it. But nah, Birmingham was fun. Just, I'm just trying to think of other games where you literally actually laughed as you've gone through the game. I, th- I think four 0 up at half time against um, Fulham when we, when, when, when we went up. Oh, obviously four one at Queens Park Rangers earlier on in the season. That that was funny, but to, to, league league games are obviously much more important. 4-1 against Fulham at Fulham, I, I was I was laughing so much my I, my eye ducts I think had run out of water. No, I, I think I think when uh, yeah when Yotta and then when Judgy curled 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 those goals in, I think there was like guffawing had gone to a different level by that stage. Uh, the Liberal, don't know, no comment. Did you know Arthur Askey though? Who was a bit? Uh, yeah, listen, probably uh, listen, he probably was, but uh, Fulham, the Malpay equal. Listen. Well, this is going to be which one of these goals that you didn't see was better? The, the one Malpe goal or the five goals against Birmingham? I think actually it was the Malpe goal because it... It felt put, better. It put Fulham back in their box. They were all confident. They were going for a promotion. They thought this was their promotion party and we spoilt it. And actually, there's nothing, no better feeling as a Brentford supporter than spoiling Fulham's promotion party. I've just got a feeling that Fulham are a little bit victims. I, th- I think the I think the press and the media and there's a lot of people that have really been bigging them up. And fair play. I mean, their their unbeaten run is an amazing run. And but I just think they're believing that they are kind of superior in in every single way. And but they're just they're just not. You know, we, we when in in a game of total football. Brentford will win, and I, and and that's again, that's not an exaggeration. You know, we are at, we're, we're fallible. You know, we we do concede goals still, and um, you know, although that Mitrovic goal was out of the top drawer, there's no one, no, nothing that anyone could do about that. You know, he took it first time; it was a good cutback, and you know, Bentley didn't stand an earthly there. But you know, we, we've played some really good footballing teams this year the only ones that have seriously worried us on their day are Wolves at home we should have beaten them away at Molyneux they they, they did they, they took us to the cleaners and Derby they took us to the cleaners as well so you know Fulham puh. the only thing that worried me about the um, we're revisiting the Fulham game but the only thing that worried me was Ram Woods' performance was so good was on national television. You read all the press the next day. Everybody mentioned how good Woods were. I'm not being funny, mate. If anyone, if anyone of, of any sort, anyone who's any really good at their job, they already know that Ryan Woods is good. So if they're going to get him, they're going to get him anyway. And all that's going to do is it's going to put his price up. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Might price him out the market. Hopefully, but you know, in we. Hopefully he'll he'll stick with Brentford because with the Premiership team you'll see that that's all right. But actually, not joking joking aside, is that you know he will have added on a good two to five million pound on his performance on Saturday alone. He was that good. Yeah, you know exactly. You know any any manager, any scout that's you know looking for you know a, a holding midfield player, you know a, a little terrier, you know a box to boxer who can also be creative, who can, who can be creative, who, who can't score any goals, is is going to be looking at looking at Ryan Woods, and you know we're we're not we we don't need to convert Leicester City fans that may stumble across Brentford to to convince him that convince them that he's a good player. 
anyone that's look, you know, anyone that's kind of scouting for great players, he's on their radar already. Uh, so I mean, just going around the table again. So Laney was saying that he thought that the the Birmingham game was the one that did it for him. Is that right? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Okay, Gemma, and it was the Birmingham game again. Does it for you? Yeah, definitely. And then the Liberal Nick, it was the the one that you didn't see. Both of them you didn't see, but the, the one that. Game. Was the Fulham game you? So it's a, for me. I'm thinking it's actually a really difficult one, but I think it's going to be the Birmingham game that did it for me. The Fulham was absolutely brilliant. The Birmingham game, and the fact the thing is about obviously it resonated with a lot of people because we were in the pub after the game on Saturday, and uh, we walked inside there, and there's a guy on the guitar, and then all of a sudden he just started to play um, the, the monkeys. Can I change my mind? I, I'm going to make it Fulham. Okay, he's made it Fulham. So it's Fulham for the Laney, and uh, it's, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's an even Stevens between the two. Uh, I think, I think the, because the, the Birmingham one, it, was, uh, it became inevitable, and it was just a growing sense. I think the, 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 that absolute orgasmic euphoria at the last minute, well, plus four minutes. No, I, 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 just think, I just think that that, that, that brilliant feeling was better in one punch than five. And I feel that as well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you keep me, I'll, I'll flip between Birmingham and then Fulham, then Birmingham and Fulham, but I need to stick to the one. I've got to say Birmingham City, because like I said to you, we went in the pub afterwards, and it was amazing because the guitarist started playing the Monkeys Daydream Believer, and then all of a sudden it was hilarious because all the Bees fans and the Fulham fans and stuff there started singing the Harley Deedsel, as you will hear right here. Listen, this is it, mate. We're in Fulham territory here, but we've even got the Fulham fans singing this one. Everyone knows the Harley Dean song. It's a lovely tune. It's a lovely tune. We ain't going to put any extra lyrics on top of it. It only needs one. A chorus. We all know the chorus. Everyone's dancing here. It's fab. Absolutely hilarious. We had such a laugh um, in the pub. Now, to be fair, there's the Fulhamish guys there and all these Fulham fans and, and no one seemed to care after that. They were all singing this uh, Harley Dean, They Dream Believer song. As you can hear, people are very, very, very happy, which was, which was all good. But listen, we'll probably be coming back to that because Harley's out for a couple of games and then last game of the season they're playing Fulham. And it's going to be an interesting one because it's going to be a case of like Fulham may need that game to get automatic promotion and Birmingham may need to win that game to stay up and I know it's a bit early to say but maybe I might call it early for you guys listen which team would you prefer to win on that day you can't say none of them you can't say a draw one team has to win out of Birmingham City and Fulham last day of the season it could be completely crucial for both of them and you don't know what the result will be now so I'm going to say to you I'm asking you who you want to win not know what the result may be. God, it's like, who do you want to die first? Uh, Fulham. Gemma. Birmingham. Delaney. It's, it, Fulham are going to just be in the playoffs by that stage, so it, it actually helps Birmingham at that stage. I, I'd rather the game was now. Okay, Fulham. And, and I'm going to have, I'm, I'm, I have to say, 
and listen, this is what that is. Fulham as well. There's quite a, quite a unanimous Fulham vote going on there now, which is which is amazing. And on Friday night against Millwall. Friday night against Millwall as well. This is this is quite this is quite an amazing thing that's going on here. Yeah, this is quite amazing. A, a it helps us. Well, and B it helps us. Yeah, B, so there's B, A, and a B, and, and the C. And I would, I, I mean, you want to see? You want to see? No, no, no. But I would, I would say that will be a game to watch this weekend. There are two, there are two big games in the championship this weekend. Brentford QPR and Fulham Millwall on and, Friday and, night. And Friday night, Brentford um, Fulham are playing Millwall as well. And, and just to let you know, and he's prompted me as well, our Love Show radio show, which you know is on Love Sport Radio, 558 AM. It's on lovesportradio.com and it's also on the DAB and digital. It's not on Thursday night this time. We swapped it with the Millwall fans so that we could sit in the studio on Friday, 9 o'clock, and watch the Millwall Fulham game. So check us out Friday night for a different... If you're not going out, you're not with your mates on the Friday night, you're singing alone, listen to the bees, the besotted boys on Love Sport Radio on Friday night, 9 o'clock. If you haven't got a social life... Got nothing else to do. You could just like do that. listen, but we'll move on. Listen, we want to say quick congratulations to Wolverhampton Wanderers because they were very happy with us, and we were very happy with them. It was like a bit of a manners thing that went on. We did the manners thing, and we equalised at the 94th minute, and we stopped Fulham from winning the match, and then they got promoted to the Championship Premier League and, and they were um, very happy with us weren't they and congratulations to Cardiff City for their very two late goals against Norwich yes and they got two late goals there as well and then on Saturday on Sunday obviously um, but, um, Wolves we said to them you need to do the just deserves and do us a favour and they beat Birmingham City on Sunday which is all good so congratulations to Wolverhampton and Wolves they'll be very good to be fair how did Harley Dean get on he didn't do particularly well but anyway she'll move on uh, from that one as well the B team we always talk about the B team. They played Anderlecht last Friday and they beat them 4-0. They did very well. This Anderlecht side who came down there was a bit of a sort of kind of um, a European fiesta, wasn't it? It was. It was like um, Jeux en Frontier. It was like the... Um, it was like... It, it, it's a knockout, but Eddie Waring wasn't there. No, um, no he certainly wasn't there. No, no. And, and, and uh, so 4-0 four, four to the Mighty Bees. Bradley Clayton got two. Two first names. He got two ga- um, two, two games and, and two, two names. Two first names, yeah. Um, Reese Cole, he scores when he wants. Friends of Beside. And the um, Michelin... Nicholas Kirk, wasn't it? That's the one, yeah. yeah. Captain Kirk, he got a goal. Yeah. Where was, where's Captain Kirk? Huh? Where's Captain Kirk? He's on the starboard bow. It's all good, yeah. So anyway, so anyway, the BBC were off to Portugal. They lost 1-0 to Braga today, but I think they were probably still jet-lagged because the flight was, was a little bit long. So hopefully they'll come back from that one and they'll, uh, they'll pick, sh- them, pick on, themselves up. Hang on, hang on. It's a shorter flight to Braga than it is for me to get home from a Brentford game. Listen, that's not the point. Anyway, so we should move on. Listen, ups and downs. We're going to talk about ups and downs. Accrington Stanley. Who are they? Yeah. Tell you oh. something, we may actually go to Accrington Stanley because the last time we tried to go to Accrington Stanley, we, we went there and we I was so excited about going there. So excited about going there. It's not happening because they got promoted to League One. We, we, no, no, but we're not, going to, we're not going back to League One and there's little chance of them coming up to the show. Why do you know? I just well, I don't know, I don't know, but it's just like you know, it's yeah. not it's not likely. Well, the point that we're saying is that Quinton Stanley have just got promoted to to League One, which is very good. We didn't we went up there, but we actually didn't get the game because it got rained off, and it was possibly one of the worst moments of my life because I actually cancelled a trip to buy to go to Accrington Stanley but we will but we will we will we will move on and talk about that another time but anyway I'm hoping that Accrington Stanley get promoted to the 
championship just so that we could play them because I could say I was there because I was sitting in the pill pub just outside and we didn't go there as the waterlogged pitch let us down but other than Accrington Stanley let's talk about the downs the Premier League I mean West Brom they're looking not too good, are they? So a little trip to West Brom could be quite interesting. Um, and so, so West Brom, let's talk about the teams. West Brom, Southampton and Stoke, we're saying a little bit likely with the outside chance of Swansea, depending on the game in hand and all that kind of stuff. And then maybe Crystal Palace may fall back into it if not. But West Brom, Southampton and Stoke, how are those three sounding to you for away days next season? Uh, apart from Southampton, not brilliant. Even Southampton's not a fantastic away day. You know, I've, I've been there several times over the last few years. Uh, there's, there's no real, no real vibe to it. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a proper out of out of town stadium. It's a walk. Uh, but you know, we, you know, it's, it's a, it's a Weatherspoons away day. It's, it's not. You know, there's no real culture like you get at Barnsley. Um, so the other two, Stoke, we've been there several times, not good. The only good day we had there was on the barge. We had a barge trip up and down looking at the potteries. Uh, and then, obviously, West Brom, we've not really enjoyed our games at the Hawthorns at all. And well, there's nowhere to go around the Hawthorns at all. No, no, Again, no. it's one of those, let's drink around New Street and then go into to West Brom type scenarios. It, it, it is pretty much West Bromwich, Albion. West Brom as a town is absolutely terrible. It is, you know, facts. Gemma, Gemma, I mean, your thoughts, look at these these, these games that we're looking at. Forget Swansea and, and Palace for now. We could talk about them in a couple of weeks if they if they drop into it. I don't know, I quite fancy going to West Brom because I've not been before and I've got a load of mates there so that would be a good night anyway. Um, I want to I want to see Saints stay up because I used to live there and I, and, I, and I like them but also it's not the greatest away day either. Stoke, I don't know. I've never been there. I quite fancy it. So you quite fancy, I mean, you, you, because you haven't been to quite a few of those, I mean, for you, it's actually quite, quite exciting trips then. Oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't love to go to Stoke? I, I, I seriously would quite like to go to Stoke because the Emma, Brid, Emma Bridgewater Pottery, I really recommend a visit. I went about two years ago and it's a fantastic... So middle class, isn't you? <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And if you go there, they've got a new museum of, of, of pottery, Stoking Pottery. He allowed to talk about this, and I can't even mention John Terry's mum. And we listen anyway. Fantastic! The museum, and they've got a new garden at the museum, at new, new Mr. Lane Garden at the Emma Bridgewater Pottery, which is all container garden, and I'm re- I'm told is brilliant, and you need to see it. Well, if we're going to go on a cultural tour, then I, I, one of my first jobs was built was um, designing the fire stations in Stoke. So if you want to go on a tour of six or seven fire stations, a bit of Port Vale, a bit of Hanley, then I'm there. Well, I'll take you there. You can show me your potteries. I'll show you my firemen. Well, well how about also we could go to Swansea in Dylan Thomas, the home of Dylan Thomas, one of the greatest British poets. So, so listen, listen, you're getting all you, you're getting you're all getting a bit you're all getting a bit cultural on us here. For me. West Brom been there before, got West Brom mates, but mm, you know Southampton as well. The artful Dodger and the Craig David crew from down there as well. Even though Craig David's flips between Southampton and 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 uh, Chelsea, um, no real interest. And Stoke City is always really moody, so uh, that'll be quite interesting. Even though they do sing a good Delilah there, so I'm not overly excited about those three that are coming down. But just let's talk about quickly about the teams that are coming up from the 
division, um, from Division One. Uh, we got two two teams who we thought we'd seen the back of, and we're probably a little bit gutted to see them come back up again. Even though we got some good Wigan mates going up there, is uh, is probably about a five out of ten away day. We got Wigan and we got Blackburn. Blackburn is probably about a two out of ten away day and, and one out of ten, and Wigan is probably about a three out of ten on the way door. Yeah, something like that. So uh, yeah, the, the Wigan is so it is not not too great. But listen. Other than knocking those no, no, those two, we've got one team coming out of Shrewsbury, Rotherham, Charlton, Scunthorpe, Plymouth and Pompey. Now I'm sort of quite excited about this little bunch here and for me obviously because I spend a lot of time in Shrewsbury, I was there again on Sunday night until about 6 o'clock in the morning and I was up, it was just all over the gaff, I love going to Shrewsbury and I've got my Shrewsbury chums but unfortunately it looks like they might be blown out so they might not even be in the playoff final this time. Guys... Who would you be loving to see coming up next season out of that little bunch? Portsmouth. I, I, I don't. I, I think they're proper proper fans down there. It's proper proper football club. A proper football. A proper. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's what you need. Proper football club. What is the definition of a proper football fan? Proper proper football club. I, I don't want to go into that right now. No, please, please come on, come on, please tell me. No, this is for a different. This is this is for a, an essay. <laughs> this is for like a. This a, is for a 12, 12 page essay. This is for like a sort of a, sort of a three hour separate yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, do, we do a separate proper podcast. Yeah, so you sort of analyse and, and just and, break and, down and, a proper. No, I've, properness. I've worked. I've I did a book for Portsmouth. Um, I've met some really brilliant people down there. Hello. Well, they're proper people. They're proper proper people. And um, Plymouth as well. Proper club. And, uh, so hold on, so who's more proper? Who's more proper or, or, or Portsmouth? Because I mean, you, no, no, you, can't no. have, you can't have a sort of equality and properness, can you? No, a Millwall more proper. A Millwall, of course they are. <laughs> but Millwall aren't, they're not no, coming no, up from no, Division no. 1. But they're proper. Oh yeah, that's You know what they call the Plymouth-Portsmouth game? It's the Dockyard Derby. Is that a proper derby? Yeah, proper derby. Proper derby. Right, okay, so this is good. So listen, I've heard that you, you you've said that you want about seven or eight teams coming up, but you can only have one. Which one? Uh, Pompey. Was there a proper team? Yeah, no, they'll they'll bring a lot to Brentford and we'll and smash the place up like they did last time. Yeah, proper. <laughs> Gemma, who would you like to uh, to come up next season? Uh, Charlton. Because then we can have a a, a Lava London club to replace. Apparently, apparently they're not proper though. Well, they may not be, but Fulham ain't proper either, are they? Well, that's the point. But listen, so you want to go to Charlton because you like another derby? Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> this is all. And, and, and they were, and 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 they will probably be Roland less by that time, won't they? Is it, I mean, Roland's sort of kind of been rolled out, isn't he? Well, hopefully. I mean, there might be a sting in the tail, but yeah, it looks like it, doesn't it? So hopefully we'll be able to have a good time, although I quite fancy throwing a lot of stuff on the pitch, to be honest. It might be fun. Okay, and that's Roland, who's their owner, Roland Duchelet, the Belgian owner who uh, isn't particularly popular with the fans and now he wants out from Charlton. Now, the Liberal Nick, which side would you like, which is based in the West Country? I definitely like Plymouth because what I'll do is I'll let out sections of my land for Brentford fans to camp. Camp, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before before the match, and there's a really there's a really good pub in the village that I live in as well. So all bees fans will be welcome. Are you, um, yeah. Are you, are you the only liberal in the village. Yeah. Move on, Bill. Move on. <laughs> I think the answer to that one is yes. Uh, and for myself, obviously, like I said to you, I want Shrewsbury to come up, and I've probably said that a little bit earlier. Just another couple of notes as well. Like we said, coaches to Barnsley. If you were going to think, if you weren't going to go to Barnsley, go.
go at Barnsley because there's free coaches being put on by Brentford FC. Brentford FC, coaches Barnsley, and they're properly and utterly free. So we're going to go there and we're going to have a bit of a laugh. So fingers crossed that if we get the win against QPR on Saturday, it's going to make Derby um, Barnsley even more of a party. We've already going up there. We've booked our trains. We're going to be meeting the West Stand Bogs Massive. And they're absolutely wicked. Teething tremendous. But that was the Football Village News. We love to give the news because football is a village. So from one cup final to another cup final, we've gone from the Brentford's cup final, apparently. You would say apparently because apparently, according to Fulham fans, it's our cup final. We've got the QPR's cup final because apparently on Saturday, Ian Holloway, the manager who comes up with stuff which we love... Every time we play QPR, we just love the Holloway because he comes up with so much garbage. It just gives us so much to talk about and to, well, to talk about. And, and we're talking about Ian Holloway because apparently he said, in effect, it's QPR's cup final because they're scared of the mighty, mighty Brentford. Isn't that right? Just like, he's like again, it's like another gift that doesn't stop giving. You know, every time he opens his little bumpkin gob, he just he comes up with just complete tush. And you know, they they play Preston North End at home on 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 Saturday, and they they lost, of course. And but he he reckons he rested players from that game so they would be fresh to literally chase us round the pitch on on Saturday. The players he rested were they were they important players or were they just whatever? Oh, well, they played for QPR. They obviously whatever, but um, they. But for for him to go on record as saying that you know this game we need to go there and I want to beat them. It's a big deal for me since I've been back at Queens Park Rangers. We've never beaten Brentford. You know it's about time we did. We're going to chase them. We're going to chase them and chase them and chase them until they make mistakes. And then we're gonna we're gonna do them. And it's like really, you know, they got off the hook massively at Loftus Road. We were two 0 up going into injury time. It a miracle happened for them. They got they got two late goals. They, they they didn't deserve that. You know, Brentford played them off the pitch. Fair play to QPR. They didn't give up. But you know, in the since since the three 0 defeat at Loftus Road in our in our second season in the Championship. We've 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 had the we've had the hoodoo over them. We've we've beaten them more. To, we've we've lost one game. We've either won or drawn, and we we have got the righteous. We play the better football. For him to then now say that we are the biggest scalp and his resting players, I, I think it's actually quite humiliating. I, I don't actually think Queens Park Rangers fans would be happy for him to be saying that. Well, I know QPR fans. I know quite a few QPR fans. We've got the Gav Grub from uh, QPR who does the Love Sport radio show as well and he's a big supporter of Holloway and maybe this might be just slight you know winding up tactics on his behalf but I know a lot of QPR fans as we say it they say they'd rather Holloway just kind of just chilled it out a little bit because they feel that maybe it's giving us our dressing room talk before the match Gemma what do you think? Well shamefully my whole family's pulled QPR and Ooh. I know I know and I'm absolutely delighted at this because this is so embarrassing for them. I mean, they've I've I've had for well for years since we played them when we played them in in League One and all the rest of it. You know, they go, oh, we don't, you know, we don't care about you. Our 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 derby is Chelsea. Our rivals Chelsea. We only look at Chelsea, and you're like, guys, you're deluding yourselves. 
And now it ain't even that. They've got their own manager sitting there going, oh, yeah, all we want to do is beat Brentford and we want to rest players to do it. Oh, it's, blo- it's glorious. It's absolutely phenomenal. I've been sending texts left, right and centre asking them what they think and none of them have replied. So, no, I love it. It's ridiculous. I'm just going to ask a question because I think this is quite interesting because just what you said there as well, because, you know, they weren't interested in us, but all of a sudden it's like Holloway have now said it's about his cup final, you know. But isn't this also the same thing? Because, I mean, listen, we were always like inverted commas and I always put the inverted commas in because we don't believe it, but other people do. We're the poor neighbours of West London. Chelsea are out there somewhere and then QPR and Fulham always thought that they were better than us. Fulham, and they've said it as well, we talk about Fulham issue in one of the podcasts, but other people, they say, Brentford didn't even really, really bother us. That first season when we came down, we were wondering, why do they hate us so much? We're not interested, we're not interested, we're not interested. But all of a sudden, flip, it's come around and you see, like, even in that little bit of audio earlier on, they've gone, Brentford, you know, we're going to beat you, we're not going to beat we're going to be... And there's something that they've actually realised that we're kind of on the same than level than them, or possibly could even be better than them. So you've got that with Fulham, but also the interesting thing as well, QPR, they said, why, why are Brentford all over us? Like, you know, forget about, you know, 1967 and all that. But why are they all over us? Well, you know, we've got no interest in them. But now, you can see at that game, I mean, there was all sorts of argy-bargies. We walked down um, um, outside the ground and the QPR fans were getting all argy-bargy with the Brentford fans after the match. So it obviously must mean something to them now. But what they do is that they play it down because they're in a position that's lower than us. So they always say that, if we beat you, okay, that's great. But if we don't beat you, it doesn't really matter. But I think it really does matter to them now. I'm really flattered. It is QPR's cup final. The one game that they are, or the two games per season that QPR are concerned about now is whether or not they can beat Brentford. And they never can. They, you know, history shows, is uh, recent history shows that they're, they're no good at it. So I think we ought to be really proud of ourselves. I... I can't see, it's a game that I can't see Ian Holloway can use all the words he likes. He's not going to get, he's not going to get his team up for it because the players who are there don't understand what the rivalry is about. Unlike the Brentford players last Saturday, they understood why they needed to at least draw with Fulham if not beat them. QPR players, mercenaries, they don't understand why they need to beat Brentford. And it's interesting just going to say that as well. I'm going to say this and I'm going to make this point. I find it a bit frustrating because it's quite hard to get up for a derby. The Fulham game, we get up for the derby and you get really potty for it. I don't know why these these, these people who are scheduling and I know one of my friends is actually on the scheduling board for the uh, for the EFL why do they schedule these games one week after the other Fulham and QPR are always one week after the other and it's really difficult to get off of the derby one week and then get off of the derby I think it is anyway because now for me we've done Fulham and then I'm trying to get up for QPR. I would like at least two or three weeks to just go down a little bit then pick myself up for QPR are, are you the same? No, I don't mind it. I quite like the two being together, to be honest. I think you get in a... Well, it depends, doesn't it? It depends how the first game goes. If the first game don't go well, then you start to sort of worry. But all our derby games go super lovely well, don't they? So it's it's, it's just a little celebration that lasts a week. I think the thing, going back to the, the, the absolute horror and embarrassment that is Holloway, is it's not just the fact that he said he was trying to beat us. It's like... Like Laney says, it goes on about, you know, they're going to run after us and run after us. You know, they're not just talking about a derby. They're talking like the non-league side who are going to Man United. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we're just going to get up in their faces and they won't like it up and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's beyond, isn't it? It's beyond... 
oh yeah, we're up for them. They're an important game to us. It's not, it's it's they're an important game to us. And by the way, they're so much better than us. We can only just try and run around and get in their way. It's just it's one. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I, I think I, I think it was last week when I said that you know when you want to change your fortunes, when you want to reinvent your team in your club. You, you need to you need to have a like a, a, a playing style and, a, and and an ethos. Brentford have got that now, and it doesn't. When you change the the fortunes of your local derbies and 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 your relationships with your your fiercest fiercest rivals, it doesn't happen overnight. But what what Brentford have done over the last four, five, six years now is prove that we can play our local rivals toe-to-toe we can beat them more often than not yeah we're going to lose one obviously every team loses one but just because the last 40 years have been awful it doesn't mean the next 40 years are so we we are reinventing our history because of Benham because of the 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 the, the amazing um, resources that we've got now in terms of finance and probably scouting we're able to outperform People that have been outperforming us for whatever reason, they've had their they've had their recent history. Yeah, Fulham, they've had their Europa Cup defeat. Yes, they've had some good years in the Prem, but that doesn't you know that you can't denounce and you can't eradicate the history that we had before that and the history that we're going to have going forward. You know, football is cyclical. It, just because that was the way, it doesn't mean it will always be the way. And Brentford now are we're we're setting ourselves up now for probably another decade of of really good achievement. And I don't I don't see QPR. I think QPR are only going backwards. Um, Fulham they've got Fulham probably will keep keep pace with us. But we are we are not the team we were five years ago. We're not the team we were two years ago. Brentford are going places now, and if you if you just kind of try and ignore that, then you're just ignorant. I mean, if, uh, I mean, QPR and Fulham are two different teams. Fulham, to be fair, have spent a lot of money, a hell of a lot of money, and it's a bit of shit or bust, as they say. There's 30 million in the debt last year, and it would have been even more now. They've got Mitrovic in, and on on the cards, so they're, they're they're going for the Premier League. If that doesn't happen this season, where they'll be next season, how they'll deal with that, is actually an interesting question because they may have to reel themselves back. They may get fined FFP. I, I, we don't have got no idea what's going on. So for them, it's very, very important to go up. So we won't know that that it goes. Fulham, as a team, I think are a very good side, and I think QPR are the polar opposite of them. Polar opposite, um, as in QPR are in financial problems. They they can't buy who they want to. They're struggling a little bit. Um, Holloway's coming on. They wouldn't sack him even if they want to, I suppose, at the moment because they probably can't afford to. And also they probably see him as steadying the ship. And you know. And also the other thing I was going to say, I'm going to say fair play to Holloway. You look at their results. Their results. They're a little bit all over the place. But one minute they're beating Norwich City four one. You know what I'm saying? Then they're losing the following week to Hull City, who are pretty much bottom the league, 4 0. Like, you know, then the next week they beat Sheffield Wednesday, 4 2, who, uh, you know, they're up and down and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a difficult one with QPR. You, 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 don't, know, you, know, you don't know where you, you stand with them. They lost 5 2 to Nottingham Forest at home. Like, you know, so uh, even though for QPR are like, mm, what's going on here? I think that there could be a little bit of a danger with us and them coming down to Griffin Park. We, we, we can't be just sitting there going, yeah, we're going to smash them up because they're a bit of a, bit of a funny side. 
QPR needs Ian Holloway more than Holloway needs QPR. The only reason QPR get talked about nowadays is because of Ian Holloway and some of the outrageous statements he makes. He's me- he's a media-friendly manager. Media love him. They lap him up. Um, and he gets QPR in the news. Without, If Ian Holloway were not manager of QPR, QPR would get no coverage at all. Whereas, actually, Brentford do get coverage for two reasons. One of which is people, when we do, um, and we don't get enough of it, but we get coverage for A, playing good football, and B, for people being interested in the, in the sort of... The, the incorrect assumption that we're the Moneyball club. Um, but, but we get a lot more... I think it would be interesting to, to measure column inches, but I reckon Brentford probably, over the course of a season, get more column inches than, than QPR do if you, if you were to delete the Ian Holloway from your Google searches. It would be quite interesting to see, which is really goes to show that how far Brentford have come and how far QPR have fallen. See, I, I don't think I don't think Brentford or Brentford fans actually take anything for granted. Still, I, 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 th- I think literally we're looking at QPR coming to Brentford on coming to Griffin Park on Saturday and thinking we we, we, we stand every chance of beating them because we're confident because we, you know ba- based on based on the fact of that you know our, our team has been playing week in week out really good football. You know, we, we're not a we're not a sort of heads and tails team. We're not a you know, one week we're good, the other week we're awful. We're, we're, we're pr- we have been pretty consistent all season, apart from the you know the first sort of month of the season. So, you know, all 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 going to plan, and not all going to plan, but all being true, then you know, QPR don't really pose anything like too too kind of like um, it's not 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 it's not that much jeopardy on on Saturday, if I'm honest. Yeah, for the record, I'll be shit nervous the whole way through, and just listening to you say all those things is making me more nervous. No, of course, of course. I'm not I, can't, I can't. I can't even <laughs> listen to but, the words. But but but, but but what have we? But what have we seen all season that makes us think? I'm not. I'm not. No, no, we haven't won over game. But I'm, I'm not sitting here going, "Oh, Q, QPR in town. We're going to do them because we're Brentford." I'm not. I'm not saying that no. whatsoever. What I'm saying is that we 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 are in the top ten. And we've been flirting with the top six pretty much all year. We we are one of the probably we we are definitely one of the top five best teams in this division. No, we're not. What no, but we are. No, we're not. no, no, we are. What 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 do QPR actually pose as a problem to us? We are a bigger team than QPR now. We are a bigger team than QPR. We are a bigger team than QPR now. However. And this is again something works in, works could work against us. The reason QPR t- will take this game so seriously on Saturday is that they could damage our playoff hopes. If they beat us on Saturday, we they will do to our playoff hopes what we did to Fulham on Saturday last Saturday. This is the fourth season in the Championship for Brentford. We've finished above Queens Park Rangers in every single season that we've been in this division. That is not a fluke. No, but it's not like we only ever... It's not like everyone we play in the league that we're above, we beat, and if we play someone who's above us, they beat us. That's not how football works, is it? No, it's they not how football... We can't lose on no, Saturday. No, no. Who, no, no family on the bloody look, phone. No one's saying we can't lose, but if someone's saying, as recent history goes, which team or which club is the stronger, then the hist- recent oh, yeah, history shows that it's Brentford. 
listen, I mean, this discussion can go on. I mean, I think it's a difficult discussion. I mean, obviously, if you look at the league tables, we are a better club than QPR. Um, but listen, what happens on the day is a different story. And I must admit, I'm a little bit nervous because the fact is that beforehand, we've always been, always, always been almost like the underdogs sort of thing. We come inside there and they always thought they're going to beat us. So who's Brentford? But this is the season where they've also they've, they've turned around. They thought, actually, to be honest with you, these are actually quite good. So we can't be complacent is what I'm saying. And we can't be complacent and I don't want us to be complacent and I would like to see that pottiness that we had against Fulham on Saturday because if we do that then QPR are going to be in trouble. We're not going to be complacent and if you look at the makeup of our club and our team Dean Smith is, is, is not one arrogant bone in his body. He's not going to go, oh, go out there, boys. You know, you just go out there and run around a bit. You, you're going to do them anyway. That's not how we operate. It's just not how we operate. Listen, I, uh, Bill, I'm not a betting man, but just looking at the latest odds, we are odds on well, the, well, the match you just bet on. No, for, 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 the, for the Brentford QPR game. That's what I'm saying. You just bet on. Uh, no, I haven't bet on because I'm not a betting man. What and, are the odds? Uh, uh, the odds are Brentford, Brentford to win 4-7, to seven, Draw is sixteen to five. QPR to win nine to two. That is some, you know, that is some. Okay. Okay. So this is why I'm saying that we can't be complacent because when you see that, you think everyone thinks we're going to win. You just got, you know, it's like one of those. No, no, that's not what we're saying at all. No, no, no. No, no, that's what the bookies are saying. Yeah. Well, forget the bookies. Well, the bookies. You can't forget the bookies. People, people are happy to get the bookies and put put some money on it. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not basing my opinion of the outcome of this game on those odds. I'm, what I'm saying is. From what I've seen for the last four years, apart from one game where we were goddamn awful, Brentford have the beating of Queen's Park Rangers. And from what I've seen over the last five, six weeks of Brentford playing, we've got a level of consistency that should mean that we are we, we can replicate the performances. And of course, QPR are able to beat us on the day. Of course, you know maybe they, maybe day, maybe, yeah. maybe they owe us one. Maybe it will happen on Saturday. I, I, I don't know. But all being all being equal, we are the better team and we will win. I hear that. I'm going to come back to you. Stan Bowles, Brentford player, played for us in the 80s. Wicked midfield. Stan Bowles, Chris Kamara, Terry Herlock as well. As you know, he's going through a lot of issues at the moment now and he's got Alzheimer's and a lot of people are trying to raise money for him at the moment. So there's a 10-minute clap or a clap on 10 minutes not a 10 minute clap it was a 10 minute clap you know we would have scored about 7 goals in that 10 minute clap you know what I'm saying so uh, maybe there should be a 10 minute clap actually so that would be quite good wouldn't it that brings some hand cream if you're going to clap for 10 minutes you're going to get some properly chapped hands mate so listen there's going to be a clap on 10 minutes for Stan Bowles because he was the number 10 for Brentford and for QPR and for a number of other Swindon Town of you and other teams as well Leighton Orient sorry Leighton Orient as well Nottingham Forest well, in England as well, like you know, which is, which is all good. So listen, uh, the QPR, anything QPR, any other things on QPR, other than you know the argument, is it the no. good or bad? No, no, no. no. no, no Let's no, forget no. about that. Let's just find out what you're going to think about the score predictions because I, uh, I thought my score, one got one old score prediction last week at the Fulham. I just mentioned that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's spot on, you know. So the liberal Nick, who's not a betting man, but you know, just pawn your betting form over. Maybe I should have a little bet this week, as you're going to say. But I'm going to go around the no, table no, first. No, no, no. Be, never gamble. Never bet. No, never, never bet. Gamble. No, never gamble. Just, just talk about it. Laney. 3-1 Brentford. The amazing gem. 2-1. To who? Yeah, I don't know. Come on. Uh, goal gone in us. Yes, us is Brentford, by the way. The Liberal. 1-0 <laughs> Brentford. 
we're good, we're getting good at one nils at the moment. Three nil Brentford. Oh, nice. I'm going to go for it. You bet. So listen, this has been the besotted pride of West London. Paul, we talked about Fulham. We talked about Harley Dean. We've talked about all sorts of nonsense as well, you know, which is all good. Listen, don't forget to vote for us. Go to besotted.com. Vote for us on the British Podcast Awards. Um, we didn't know about this till about a couple of days ago, and they emailed us and said, would you like to uh, enter the British Podcast Awards? We said, mm, okay, thanks. So go to the British Podcast Awards. There's a banner there. Click on it, please, because if you support us, and then just click on it and and, and, and support us and, and vote for us. That'll be great. We'll be talking about that for the next few weeks as well. And uh, tickets are sold out for The Great Escape, as we call it, the Martin Allen Great Escape. But there may be more, and we may also do a competition to get some tickets for that as well. So just go and click on there and enter your name if you still want to be on the wait list for that. But other than that, QPR are coming down to Griffin Park on Saturday for their cup final. We do laugh about teams having their cup finals, just like teams laugh about us having our cup final. But we're very much looking forward to QPR coming down. We hope they have a very nice day in the pubs beforehand. We hope they have a very nice play with the pubs afterwards. But hopefully they'll have a terrible day on the pitch, as we say. Come, come on, you bees! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.